Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's time to sit back, relax, and play conspiracy bingo with Echoplex Media. We've curated the best conspiracy theorists the internet has to offer and turned it into a live bingo game you can play for free with absolutely no prizes but bragging rights. You won't find a live stream like this anywhere else, and that's probably better for everyone else's mental health. Tune in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. All right, everybody, welcome to this interview. This is a pre-recorded interview with Dr. Ivor Mecton. I'm recording this interview Saturday, January 28th, um, and uh, you're probably hearing it tomorrow, Sunday, January 29th on the Plex. What's up, Dr. Ivor Mecton? Well, a lot of stuff. So I, for this interview, I will actually be asleep at the time this airs, so I'll actually not see it until uh, Monday. So, oh. Oh. <laughs> as the way the organization works yeah so i'm uh i'll just talk about myself i'm dr ivan mcton i'm a metallurgist from the uk back in 2014 i got like really consumed with the whole 9-11 conspiracy stuff and i eventually sort of pulled myself out of that by looking at a lot of fact-checking content i've sort of had an interest in it uh ever since you know and then this sort of my interest would have naturally picked up during the pandemic in this sort of stuff. And I now have my own podcast with uh, Brentley and Stars of COVID. That's really good. It's called Lads on Tour. And I've met a lot of great people doing this because I was really like nervous to have a social media account at one point and never would have done it. But I started one in 2021 and I didn't regret it. <laughs> I know of your podcast, but maybe my audience doesn't. What's the name of your podcast? And I assume it can be found on so, everything, right? Yeah, it's Lads on Tour. You have to be a bit careful because there's um, one for Dungeons and Dragons. Well, if you like Dungeons and Dragons, no problem. But <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, it's findable. Uh, uh, like Brent Lee has all the links to it. It's on all uploaded to his YouTube channel. So Brent Lee, Brent Space Lee Space TV on YouTube and all the episodes will be on there. And I've heard you on a few other shows uh, lately too. You've been you've been making a bit of the rounds. Yeah, yeah. So I've been on uh, Back to the Vax with Lydia Green, and I've also been on SDCIC. Someday I call it Conspiracy to talk about uh, that whole issue with that crap movie called uh, My Son Hunter, and uh, why all the information in it is essentially wrong. <laughs> that was that was such a good podcast episode. I had just found some dare call it conspiracy and for a while i guess they they had uh, probably over the holidays or whatever they took a little break and then it came back it hit my feed again and there were like three episodes about the the hunter biden laptop and i had like a bunch of errands to run that day so it was perfect it's like riding my riding my bike around san jose listening listening to you guys dunk on that movie we actually watched that movie on stream because having those people sue me for copyright would be one of them good problems so <laughs> I could, yeah, I could grift so hard if those people. Uh, I could grift so hard if those people sued me for copyright. <laughs> it, it, it's it's such a dreadful movie. Uh, I like um what and you you had you would uh, I don't know if it was you specifically, but on the pod you 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 all had mentioned that the way in which they broke the fourth wall was just just so cringe and terrible. Yeah, it really was because. 
it, I think it could have actually been a bit decent because, like, when it sort of went into his backstory about, like, his family and how he lost them and how he's sort of, you know, resorting to drugs and that to try and, like, fill that hole, I actually find that aspect really interesting because I didn't actually know anything really about Hunter Biden's life. And I thought, is this going to be a bit more like a serious drama discussing these issues? And then it just went off the rails after that and they're breaking the fourth wall. And they're talking about how Joe Biden has something on his burger or something like that. And CNN said it was true. <laughs> Just absurd. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was bad. The music was bad in it. And there were there uh, some of the people in my community are like really into film. And they were pointing out certain things that happen maybe when uh, uh, union people won't work on your film. And certain things aren't right about <laughs> shots and like the way things are set up in the background and whatnot. I, I would have never noticed that stuff. But there's some like movie buffs in uh, my community who were like, oh, look at that in the background. Should have hired union. And, uh, but not for nothing, this, the production was pretty slick. The editing was really good. And I think that's just because it was well-funded because it was not designed like to make money. It was designed as a piece of political propaganda. Yeah, definitely. And there's also the fact that he has an American accent for the first like, half hour of the movie. And then he just doesn't, <laughs> that was also another thing I noticed. Right. Cause the, the actor who played Hunter is a British guy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He also, uh, what did he say? Uh, he said like, um, on Twitter recently that women who get abortion are as immoral as rapists or something like that. He's really vile. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know some people in my, my personal life who are anti-abortion, but they don't make statements like that. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's like a wild thing to say, but I mean, it's not surprising because who else is going to work on that kind of movie? Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised not to see James Woods in it. To be perfectly honest, or who's that other guy, oh, that Kevin guy. Sorbo? Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> I remember when he played that really cringy atheist in that movie. I didn't actually watch it, but I watched all the YouTube content about it. God's Not Dead. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that was such a. It was. It was so bad. I was like, I've met that atheist, and I don't like that atheist either. But. That's not most people who don't believe in God, actually. Most people, yeah. like most people who do believe in God, most people who don't believe in God are actually just pretty chill and don't spend a whole lot of time thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same here, really. So, you're on the second edition of this this book. What, what, what possessed you to write this book? Because it says the ultimate misinformation guide, and I feel like that's, that sounds like a, um, well, that doesn't say ultimate misinformation guide. It says ultimate misinformation. It sounds like this is a pretty big undertaking <laughs> to write a like a book about COVID misinformation. There's just so much stuff. There was like 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 at the beginning it didn't exist. It was the flu, and but it, it either didn't exist and it was the flu at the same time. You and then like like how how did you? go about gathering the information for this and putting it together in like a digestible format, because I feel like there was just so much going on and everything was changing so quickly in the misinformation sphere that it was, you know, you had to, you had to pick some method by which to organize the misinformation. And I'm curious uh, how you went about that. Oh yeah. So, um, how, how the book actually started was, um, I got into a blog called I think Respectful Instance, that's it, by uh, David Gorski. Have you heard of him? 
Uh, yeah, that's one of my next big attempts at a get for this show, actually, because we're uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're always we're always we're always kind of chopping it up on Twitter. He's like a real friendly guy, actually. He he doesn't. Oh yeah. He doesn't like he doesn't. Uh, I like him a lot because he he's very very happy and willing to uh, interact with uh, like lay people who are also like anti conspiracy theory, and I, I like that a lot about him. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. only he doesn't seem like he's an elitist or whatever. Yeah, so I I sort of just stumbled across this blog somewhere. Um, and I think this was like, uh, what was it? It was sort of early 2021, I think. So I was just sort of reading that, and I noticed he also sort of had a fan mail section. So the first, so I, I, sent, I sent him some fan mail, because normally I noticed, I sort of seen him on Twitter and that. I didn't even have an account at this point, but I'd seen him there and he was all getting these that hate messages all the time. So I thought I'll send him a nice message. And yeah, I'd sort of designed a little bit of satire uh, about the pandemic just for my friends. So this was what one of them was about, like what would happen if Twitter was around in like World War Two when Britain is being attacked. There'd be people saying the Luftwaffe doesn't exist and all their planes are holograms and stuff like that. You'd find that sort of stuff online. And also I did like a bingo card of all the anti-vax talking points. It's on uh, one of the first pages of the book, actually. And it's like, you know, the stuff like it contains a microchip, it, just stuff I'd seen, really. And I sent that to him and he liked it. So I thought, you know what? That had 25 talking points on it, that bingo card. I think I could easily expand it out <laughs> just by the stuff I've seen. So I, I sort of carried on and I thought I'll do 10 by 10. So a hundred and that was quite easily possible. I could fill that out in like a few days. <laughs> so I thought, how far could this be pushed? I should probably write a book about this. <laughs> and that's basically the story. So I, and I sent that email to David Gorski, the first one, just after I got my first vax. So yeah, that was, a <laughs> that's sort of the story of how it started. You should report that to VAERS that the first vaccine made you email David Gorski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, might have to, I might have to like post a screenshot of that, actually. Because um, I haven't uh, that's, done it. That's funny you mention a bingo card. We have a show called Conspiracy Bingo, and we literally have a bingo yeah, card. Yeah, I there's, watched a little bit of it, yeah. There's hundreds of things on our bingo card because we, uh, well, it, it uses a site that like randomizes them. So there's hundreds of concepts that that might show up on people's bingo cards and people like actively play during the show it's been like it was like a game changer for us just adding that bingo card to a show we we previously called it deconstructing derp and i thought that that was kind of a stupid name <laughs> so once we changed well, it, it has an alliteration to it but conspiracy bingo is a better name for the for a show right yeah and it, yeah. And, and it, it definitely encourages yeah. like audience participation and it's makes it more it to some extent takes sometimes rather heavy subject matter and makes it a little more light and fun which is kind of important too because you know you could you could go into a pretty deep pit of despair you know either producing or just consuming content that's critical of conspiracy theories because you could start to think you know that, that there's there's no hope and i mean sometimes you know sometimes i i, I think that sometimes i think we've lost um when you were yeah that, that, oh, that one go ahead i say that that one's sort of an awkward one with regards to whether we lost or not because i mean I, I mean in the end 
most people did choose vaccination, didn't they? Uh, you know, we sort of got it to like in Britain, it's ninety five percent of adults, you know, did it, did get it. So I think, in many ways, it was a success. But I think there's sort of like a community which is now larger than it ever would have been, which is a lot more hardcore now than they ever would have been, like with regards to conspiracy theories, definitely. Yeah, I think that it it's um, unfortunate that this happened while um, QAnon was big. I think that that was like an, oh, a yeah. very unfortunate coincidence. Yeah, I don't know that much about QAnon, to be fair. I know the adrenochrome that, you know, Joe Biden is looking young by drinking children's blood. <laughs> or whatever but it's obviously not being very successful for it right right and i just well QAnon's like a, just a meta conspiracy that kind of sucked up all the other conspiracy movements and there's like there's like you know there's a like elements of the old blood libel conspiracy in it and it, yeah, it just yeah, kind of sure, yeah it my my take is that it turned up the temperature on the rhetoric coming out of uh, the anti-vax movement it's not that the every anti-vaxxer ended up believing in the adrenochrome or whatever it's just that it kind of laid a foundation for i guess i'd say like more violent rhetoric more sort of satanic panic rhetoric around different conspiracy yeah, yeah. theories and i think that was you know that definitely that definitely turned up the temperature on the the anti-vax movement and it, it didn't help and you know there's always some kind of it's always in the background of our society this fear of satanism and and satanic rituals it's it goes back very very far usually usually and the targets unfortunately usually end up being jewish people um no matter no matter yeah, what yeah. no matter what version it takes actually it ends up being the jews which sucks <laughs> it really sucks <laughs> and um you know it, it at first what i you had people going oh you know i'm not an anti-vaxxer i'm just against this vaccine and now those all those very same people that were doing that are now just full on anti vaxxers. They're no longer just against the COVID vaccine. You know, people like yeah. Oh, go ahead. I I think they've realised that the market of being against the COVID one, but is super small now because most people who were sceptical of this one but were totally okay with all the others, as times burned on, you know that group has got smaller and smaller and smaller because they eventually came round to it after it had been out for a year or two. Well, in my country, I can't speak for all countries, but um, that that happened. So I think now, like, it's mostly just people who are against all and the market is definitely going to have to cater for that. You know, Pierre Corey is now saying polio vaccine activism was a massive killer in the 20th century and stuff like that. They're going to have to cater to that, kind of like exactly what Andrew Wakefield did he started out with, I'm just against this new MMR one. And then it became, he's against all now. He talks about it about all. Right. And so, yeah, that's... some, some portion of those who started out like as not the, not the propagandists, but the propagandized who started out as just being skeptical of the COVID vaccine are now just full on anti-vaxxers because they followed the leader, you know? Yeah. And, um, Pierre Corey's a good one to bring up because he, certainly was like i don't know i don't know how you know because they, they're all every one of these people they trot out they're like this is a genius in the field of this that or the other and i'm like how many geniuses are there my god 
how many how many like paradigm shifting scientists are there in any given generation of human beings so i don't you know a lot of these people got their their resumes sort of puffed up um by this movement yes, too and, sure, sure. and that's that's appealing i think especially if you notice like a lot of the um the people the the scientists that they're trotting out are like at the end of their careers they're they're older people they're in their 60s they might be it might be time yeah. to retire and that that's fine my parents are retired people there's nothing wrong with being retired people but that might be really alluring as you're about to end your career you get to start this whole new journey where now you're a now you're an expert going against the consensus and now you're a freedom fighter and a warrior for the truth like most people don't get to do that in retirement, right? Most people, when they become pensioners <laughs> yeah. or retirees, play a little shuffleboard. Hopefully, if they did well, they get to go on some cruises, take some vacations, hang out with the grandkids. <laughs> you know, in in today's day and age, uh, financially help their offspring because of the you know odd things that have happened to our economy. Like it's boring being retired, right? So, you, yeah, it, for people like Pierre Corey and um, Robert Malone, who are you know they're getting getting up there in age, this has got to be a lot more exciting than being on a cruise playing shuffleboard. Yeah, definitely. And with regards to CV puffing, uh, I'll give you a massive example of that. There's a guy called Michael Yeadon. And whenever you see him, it says like vice president of Pfizer. And I suppose it's true in the most technical sense, but the reality is he wasn't vice president of the entire company. He was vice president of like a department of 30 people, which isn't really as nearly as impressive. <laughs> Right. People, people who it's interesting that conspiracy theorists oftentimes don't understand big bureaucracy because you'd think that'd be a thing that they, yeah, would, yeah. they would, they would look into like, how does this bureaucracy work? Since I'm so, uh, you know, vehemently against this bureaucracy, maybe I should find out how it works. And yeah, at a company like that, there's hundreds of vice presidents and their vice president. And some of them yeah. are, you know, the vice president of marketing is actually, they, they have a lot of people under them, but you're right. There's a, there are vice presidents who have 30, 40 people working under them. And they're, you know, they've accomplished in their field. Probably they don't, you don't get that title for nothing, but it, you know, they could go whack a dude just like anybody else. Yeah. And the, the, the other hilarious example of, uh, CV pumping is, have you heard of Rashid Batar? Yes. Yes. He, he was the guy who said he worked with someone who could develop an Australian accent after a flu vaccine. That was really hilarious. But on his like YouTube page, when he bet, still had it. I think it got banned in the end. He had like all these news organizations and they were all like mainstream news like ABC, um, etc. But the hilarious thing is, is all the reports by those news agencies were calling him a crank. <laughs> putting it on his YouTube page that like, I've been featured on this news <laughs> website. <laughs> It's, it's like a thing Scientology does, actually. They have ads where at the beginning of the ad, they'll show um, like a bunch of news organizations and it'll be like, you know, NBC and it'll just say Scientology and then it'll cut to some other or news organization saying Scientology, Scientology. And we do a show about cults on Thursday nights and we've seen all those videos that they're showing the beginnings of. And all those videos are critical of the Church of Scientology. They're not like <laughs> yeah. it's it's the same thing. It's it's you can say we were referenced in the news and you don't have to tell them what the news said about you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a serial killer can make the same claim to fame, can't they? Yeah. That'd be funny if there was an ad for Charlie Manson like that. It was like, <laughs> and I mean, the biggest one when you're talking about CV pumping is Robert Malone, like by far. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he he worked on. He did. I think he did two papers about it in the eighties, where there was a minor innovation which didn't even evoke a immune response, and none of its used. None of the stuff he developed is used today. And also, one of the papers he's not even primary author. So he talks about how he's been suppressed, but. The guy who's being suppressed, really, is the guy who was the primary author on the damn paper. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's being ignored. Um, yeah, it's totally pumped CV, like, inventor, you know, doesn't make any sense. I mean, my in first... In that context, to say single inventor. Yeah, I mean, my first impression on that is just a fairly, like, scientifically literate human being is that, like, there's... is like on anything important now it's a team of people there is no inventor of yeah it's you 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 yeah, work on a team and usually some asshole takes all the credit don't get me wrong that's that's like not, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah. that that's a problem but it's like you know to go around saying you invented the mrna vaccine technology i mean that's a that's a big claim because you're not just claiming to have invented like this little thing you're claiming to have invented an entire technology and so that just set off yeah. my alarm bells immediately when I first saw him on Brett Weinstein's show. I was like, this guy didn't invent, this guy didn't invent that shit. I was like, <laughs> my first thing guess was this guy was probably on a team and took credit for it. And then my chat looked into it and that's not even really the case. Yeah. Cause yeah, I believe there's about 70 peer review papers from zero to what we have today. Yeah. So he was involved in like one of them. <laughs> Yeah, and um, what we had. What, and I mean, go ahead. I say, e even if he was the singular inventor, it's a bit. It's a bit like saying um, the Wright brothers should be seen as the authority on Boeing triple sevens. <laughs> it's total, uh, totally absurd. Um, yeah, um, we best we could figure because my chat was. We, I don't know if you remember that infamous episode of Dark Horse where Brett had uh, um, Robert Malone and Steve Kirsch on. Oh, yeah. The one where they talked about the baby's head exploding. Oh, I haven't seen that, actually. I, I thought the one, the one I remember is the one where he claimed that if everyone took ivermectin for a month, no one would die of COVID ever again or something like that. Oh, I think we're talking about the same video. It's just that there were so many wild claims made in that video that it would be easy maybe for me to have remembered one of the wild claims specifically and someone else to have forgotten about the any yeah, specific yeah. wild claim in that video. We we started call I don't know if you know um because you're you're not an American, maybe you don't know about this guy. There's a guy Jim Cramer who does like financial news in the United States. And he's like always yelling about stocks. I don't know. Oh, he, that guy. Yeah. And I remember the story where he was right before 2008 financial crash. He was like, this stock's good. This stock's good. This stock's good. And then it became worthless a day later or something like that. Yeah. We've been calling Steve Kirsch anti-vax Jim Cramer. <laughs> it's, but yeah, he's made just insane claims. He has like more people from vaccines and the Holocaust and stuff like that. Yeah. He's also like, he's also one of these like guys that's like debate me, debate me. And then anybody that challenge that's like, Hey, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. He blocks them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not like a it, debate bro or anything, but if I'm like, Hey, I have this position. If anybody wants to talk to me about it, who disagrees with me, come get some. And I'm not going to block everybody who then agrees <laughs> to do it. 
Like, it's yeah, it, that's ridiculous. It's it's been such a wild ride. I I remember when we started doing our podcast, we had people coming to us going, "Hey, you know, you guys would do a lot better if you just did normal news. If you weren't so focused on conspiracy communities, you know, this this stuff isn't really that important." And now I like feel kind of vindicated. I'm like, excuse you, <laughs> excuse you. <laughs> Cause I was like saying this stuff is going to be a problem. You know, it already was a problem, but that, you know, when we started, we were mostly talking about people who believed in chemtrails and the flat earth. Cause that stuff was really big around 2014, 2015, but this stuff isn't that different, especially in the way people formulate what, all, what we can loosely refer to as their arguments. It's all the same stuff. It's like, Oh, they're not telling you this. Oh, this is the actual expert. This person knows about what's happening in the sky. Why do you believe NASA about the globe earth? It's the same thing as like, why do you trust, you know, why do you trust Pfizer to make a vaccine? It's the, it's the same set of arguments. It's just recycled. And this time it's got like, I don't think the chemtrails movement had much of a body count, right? <laughs> so things have, things have become much more important and it's much more important to knock these kinds of things down when you can. Yeah, because it's always what what um have you heard a skeptic of the north? Sounds familiar, but I can't I can't say that I'm I, I could tell you anything about uh, this person. Yeah, so he 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 was one of the guys from uh, Britain, you know, who did a lot of conspiracy content. I think he doesn't do it anymore, but he so his videos are still up. I think they were down at one point, but he did a video called I think it's epistemology, which is sort of like. He, he was a 9-11 truther, and he talked to someone who was a um, young earth creationist, that's it. And the young earth creation, creationist went into, like, the tirade, like, uh, you know, all, all these experts, you know, they're being paid by a secret body to, and they're making money to suppress, you know, the church and stuff like this, and, you know, the, the standard speech, you know, um that but this is like true in all of the movements like if you go to holocaust deniers they'll say you know the jews are suppressing the evidence and paying all these experts off or whatever like it's always just there's a buddy who doesn't want you to find out about it and you know we can dismiss any evidence because it's all you know uh funded by them and stuff like that. It was a really good video. I'm sort of butchering it there a bit, but I'll definitely advise anyone to watch it. It's this, and we noticed this a long time ago. It's as soon as, <clears throat> as soon as somebody <clears throat> provides evidence that the conspiracy is wrong. Now <clears throat> you just make the conspiracy bigger to include whoever's providing the evidence that the conspiracy is wrong. Yeah. It just gets so big eventually that everyone's in on it. Um, I remember a friend of ours went to like a, a chemtrail event and, uh, got up during the Q and a and said, Hey, it seems like there's a lot of people employed in, in this industry. Um, how would I apply to get a job in the chemtrails industry? And the people that were giving the, the presentation, they got so pissed, <laughs> they got so pissed off at this guy. It was so funny. He brought a oh, recorder well. to the, the recording of it's actually on our website. Um, maybe I'll try to remember to link it in the, the notes for this, but I, I, I won't remember to link it in the notes for this. I never remember to do that stuff. Um, what, one, um, oh, go ahead. I'm actually a metallurgist, so I could work in this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You should get a job. You should get a job in the, I don't know. They need special wings, I think, for the chemtrails. I don't know. 
special nozzles. <laughs> so as the, the funny thing about chemtrails is they say they're spraying biological weapons, but a jet engine is like way over a thousand degrees Celsius. So like no biological weapon is surviving that. You know, it's funny if you ask 10 different chemtrail people, they'll probably give you 10 different answers as to what's, what's happening and why, like either it's aluminum. A lot of them are saying it's aluminum, which is weird. They and then they find aluminum in the soil. And I'm like, that's like one of the most common elements on the planet. Of course you found it in the soil. <laughs> Some of them say it's uh, nozzles that are just near the engine. All right. Yeah, it was this interesting. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting video I saw. It was a, a an aircraft designer who was asked about chemtrails at some event, and he was like, he just said, you know, to get any appreciable amount of substance up into the air is just going to require a lot of lift and thrust, and I don't see how this dispersal method would be efficient if you wanted to drop a bunch of stuff on the on a population. He's like, you got to, why do you, you don't have to take something up to 30,000 feet to drop it on a city. And I was like, that's really smart. <laughs> he was like, if I wanted to drop something on a city, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use a jet at 30,000 feet. He's like, that seems like an inaccurate dispersal method. I was like, that's really, that's really smart. I never thought about that. Yeah, it is. It is true often with uh, chemical weapons as well. They're like super lethal, like when they're indoors or like. But the moment they get into open air, they just disperse away and become non-lethal quite quickly. Thankfully. So that's, you know, another thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I remember somebody talking about a terrorist attack in Japan where they had a load of gas, which could potentially have killed like thousands of people. Uh, um, but was that Om Shinrikyo? Yeah. Yeah. Om Shinrikyo. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a cult in Japan. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's one of uh, that's one of the ones I've been wanting to look into more in our cult show. But the problem is, and it, I mean, it's not a problem really. But the problem for me is that a lot of the original like material about it is in Japanese, and I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a little difficult to cover because then the the U.S. coverage of it was like just kind of really quick hits on the news about it. it. There wasn't anything like you weren't able to get any like of the source material from the cult in English because the, you know why why would they do it in English? They're cult in japan most people in japan speak japanese so it's a you know it's it's hard um i wanted to ask you and because one of the things i started to notice was that not only are some of these kind of covid vaccine deniers or covid propagandists upping the ante as far as like oh now all the vaccines are bad i'm also starting to see some like hiv aids denial coming out of some of these people oh, Part for sure particularly brett weinstein started to flirt with it a little bit I did not actually know that. I don't follow him as much. Um, definitely um, RFK Jr. and his Real Anthony Fauci book really goes into it hard. He talks with germ theory denier Tom Cowan and Peter Duesberg, or as I call him, Peter Duesberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, about that. Like, he dedicates full chapters to it. Um, I believe Robert Malone, as well, on his Rogan appearance, said the original. Uh, case of cancel culture was them going after Peter Duesberg. Like that was the original example of cancel culture. But the hilarious thing about that story is he still has his job today. He never lost it. He was never canceled because it was academic freedom for him to deny AIDS. And 
cause all the problems he did in a lot of African countries. But so he wasn't ever cancelled. But that that is coming back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a gay man of a certain age. I'm maybe ten years too young to have seen like the worst of it, but there are people I used to know who I used to know because of HIV AIDS. And that's just, that just, that's disgusting. It absolutely, it's absolutely sick. Like it, it's, you know, I can find humor in a lot of stuff, but that AIDS denial stuff, man, I don't, I, I can, I don't run it on my stream. I don't make fun of it. There's just some kinds of energy. I don't like to put out there in the world. And that stuff is, that stuff is absolutely disgusting. And I didn't have no love for Brett Weinstein prior but when I saw him start to do that, I was like, oh, now you can really go fuck yourself. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. That's really bad. That is. Uh, I was going to say, there's also a guy at the uh, British Medical Journal who's just a disgrace who he does a lot of COVID vaccine stuff, but he signed an AIDS denial petition. Like, and he's never reneged on it. It's called Peter Doshi. And he's like the, one of the biggest editors of the, the top medical journal in Britain. Just, he, sounds, so he sounds like a good candidate for actual cancel culture, if you ask me. I mean, I don't think I, <laughs> I think that sounds like there's some standards and practices there that should might be applied if you're one of the editors yeah. for a, any well-respected medical journal. I feel like you start going into that stuff, you should be the former editor of a yeah. medical journal or disgraced former editor of a medical journal. Yeah. They always defend him though. I think people have brought it up in the past, but I mean, he has, he has every right to say it, but I don't think he, you know, you don't have a right to be the editor of a medical journal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you have a right to that platform. I wonder how these... I don't think saying that stuff should be illegal, but I do think like, you shouldn't mess with it as a journal. I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying that stuff as a layperson either. You know, I don't even have hold any position of authority on any of these matters. And I'm still a monster if I'm running around promoting that stuff. It's, but like we were saying at the, you, these people, they're all going to have to up the ante or their, their stick is going to get tired. Yeah, definitely. Cause, um, there's a, I, I saw it this morning. There's a big, uh, lawsuit going around where, Malone, I think, is suing one of the or two of the other ones. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but they're suing each other now. <laughs> and uh, Malone and McCullough are going to war because McCullough has been promoting all those supplements, ain't it? And <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, M uh, Malone calling McCullough a grifter. Like, it takes one to know one at that point, doesn't it? You know, he's got his half a million dollars in substack income this year or whatever it's <laughs> really cashing in it's a lot of these movements end up doing that we watched all the flat earthers do that like we were covering there was this whole thing where these three or four flat earthers were just absolutely like at war with each other and it was so funny because it, they got they got so personal because they were all friends beforehand or whatever and then like as the pie started to shrink, as the flat earth movement started to kind of die, they had to fight over the scraps of what was left of that movement. And they ended up really, really, you know, acting the fool. I forget even, I remember the one guy named was JM truth. And, um, he ended up like they were all somewhere with a bunch of camera equipment that they had rented 
and somebody else had signed for the camera equipment and he had rented the car. So he just left everybody behind and took and stole the camera equipment that somebody else had signed for on the rental. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's like sort of madcap adventure version of like the kinds of infighting that you, you know, we and actually we're going to, you know, there's infighting in the anti anti-vax community too. It's not like our, our like group or whatever is immune from this people in, our communities snipe at each other too. So it's like, but it's, it's funny to watch as um, it's funny to watch as these, as these people snipe at each other. And I think it's, again, I think it's just a limited pie, right? There's not enough people for all of, for all of these, for everyone's platform to keep growing. So they're going to have to take each other out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, The money is shrinking now, I think, as we head into 2023. Like, I think the heyday is over for sort of, like, anti-vax. Uh, it, it will likely gradually burn away because it's similar things sort of happened in Britain in the 90s when you had Andrew Wankfield coming up with his fake study uh, to say vaccines caused autism. It, like, really screwed with the vaccination rates for a few years after and then it went back up to normal and even a little bit higher than before. So I think that it's going to get smaller. It's going less viral now. They're yeah. going to have to fight each other to determine the longevity. Yeah. Even, even on but Twitter, going to get to keep it. even on Twitter where it's like all gas, no breaks. Now the stuff, it, it just doesn't seem to get the reach that it was getting before. And I think that, I think that you're right. And even in America, I know our vaccination rate isn't as high as the UK, but it's still pretty high. I think the US, like at least something like 75% of people have had at least two shots, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And so, yeah. so that being the case, COVID, the, the COVID is still spreading, but less people are getting really sick from it. And it's like less scary, I guess. And so like, there's just less, there's just less fear and anxiety around it. And I think that... It, as, as that fear and anxiety around COVID wanes, people are going to be less and less inclined to be fervent supporters of the people who are spreading the anti-vax message. Because in the end, these people live on donations, right? It's the same, same model I, yeah, I yeah. use for what I'm doing. I live on donations and merch sales and stuff. And, you know, I'm actually kind of worried about what's going to happen as all this dies down. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, that, again, that, we call that one of them good problems, right? Yeah. If I have to go back to making fun of chemtrails and flat earth, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Because the, the reality is we are totally parasitic on their existence, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Um, Without them, we don't exist. Yeah. I mean, I would like to thank Brett Weinstein for um, building up my channel. Because <laughs> for a while we were just like, tor like, after we'd record our podcasts or whatever during the like the after show or the post game or whatever, it would be just straight up. We'd just watch the dark horse. <laughs> I'm an expert on that guy. <clears throat> uh, have any of these people tried to send their army of weirdos after you on Twitter before? Oh, yes. So um, Steve Kirsch. He 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 uh, came for me once. He actually ratioed me. It was quite sad, uh, in a way. 
But basically, I put out a tweet saying, like, you know, there's people... Well, it was a quote tweet of someone else saying, you know, there's just no money in anti-vax. It's so much more lucrative to be pro-vax as a doctor. And then I just went in, you know, saying, you know, RFK Jr., $57 million in the bank, Dell Big Tree, you know, $10 million. Andrew Wakefield, $13 million, et cetera, just going down the list. And then Steve Kirsch sort of, like, tried to come in and flex in my responses. And he said something like, why didn't you include me on your list? I made my money with multi-billion dollar tech companies. And I kind of found that weird because why would you want to be added to a list of parasitic grifters? (laughs) Well, he tried to latch on to, like Steve Kirsch is like, he's like a hanger on in a lot of ways in this movement because he doesn't have any, he can't even like claim to have any medical expertise. Like he's a, he's a Silicon Valley guy. I swear, I swear that he got involved with this through the Weinsteins, through Peter Thiel. That's my conspiracy theory. I think it all comes back to Peter Thiel, but that's because I'm a, a man of a certain age who grew up in Silicon Valley and I fucking hate Peter Thiel. But, um, I've never even heard of him. So no, don't, um, he's like, he's like, uh, Eric Weinstein works for his venture firm. Um, okay. Right. He's Eric Weinstein's boss, which is, uh, but, um, yeah, the Brett, came after me once because i did this thread like the night of that infamous video that he that he had um robert malone and steve kirsch on i wasn't streaming i think i think my internet was acting wonky or something or maybe it was like a monday and we weren't up or whatever um so i just did a thread going through his video where i kind of pulled out little clips of his video and was like talking shit and you know i did it kind of late at night and i went to bed i didn't really think anything of it then I woke up and I had like a bunch of DMs from people and my notifications were all lit up and um, a bunch of these, this guy, cause he had like quote tweeted me when I, uh, I had said something particularly nasty about him um, in one of the tweets as you know, as is my way. And uh, he quote tweeted me and all these like weird dorks were like in my comments. And I was like, well, that's weird. Let me check my DMS. Cause I was like, you know, I want to make sure like nobody's like threatening me. Like, I, I was a little concerned at first, but then all the DMs were like people in the IDW critique sphere, one of whom was like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, these people are coming after you. And I just replied, I'm like, this is the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> like, I'm here for this baby. And so like over the course of the day, I was like trying to engage with these people and they were like trying to insult me. And I'm like, I'm better at this than you. And a lot of them ended up blocking me after Brett like tried to send his people after me. And so I like declared victory and then just muted a bunch of threads after because there was nothing left to do there. Oh yeah. Because I remember that thread. Yeah. The amount of notifications you could step away from half an hour and you've got 50 of them or something like that. Yeah. And you know, some people don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's really bad. Like some people get like brigaded on Twitter and they end up like, They get their home address fucking published and like all kinds of that stuff happens. And if that stuff started happening, I would have been very concerned, but that didn't happen. It was just a bunch of weird Brett Weinstein fans, like in my mentions trying to like dunk on me. And I'm like, none of you are good at this. Somebody was like, you're in such bad faith that bad faith doesn't mean anything anymore. And I was like, what? And I linked them to my podcast the intellectual dollar tree it says entering the marketplace of ideas in bad faith is like the tagline of the show i'm like yes 
yes, I come to all of this in bad faith because I don't like any of you and you can all go fuck yourselves. And that person blocks me after like, because like, I, I, I don't actually come to this stuff in bad faith, right? I believe most of what I'm saying and I'm trying to like help people spot patterns of behavior among those who would deceive you to either raise money or raise their own profile. I'm not uh, a scientist. I'm not a medical doctor. Um, I'm a lay person who has been monitoring cults and conspiracy movements for a, a, much of my adult life. And my, my skill set is spotting the patterns of behavior and knowing what it looks like when someone's trying to manipulate you. And, you know, it's just really, really, really odd ending up in, in this fight where like on my side are, is everybody from like academics to people who are just trolls. And it's just such a weird coalition of people who have gone after um, the, these hucksters and frauds. It's, it's strange groupings of people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of academics are sort of becoming uh, Twitter savvy now, which I really like some of the younger ones. <laughs> Well, some of the older ones as well, but that's uh, really good. Yeah, it just it just it kind of sucks that like that some vir like virologist who's doing work has to take time out of their day to like go dunk on Robert Malone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that person could be doing something like much more valuable with their time, but like you know, it's like you they maybe you wake up and you go damage report, you know, and you, you got to do what you got to do it's 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 real it's real odd i i was a bit surprised that the so-called intellectual dark web a lot of them ended up going anti-vaccine i never would have like predicted that maybe brett weinstein but like like i didn't think that like dave rubin and like like eric weinstein i didn't think any of those people were going to go that way and it was real surprising to me there's even there's even, um, you can find old tweets of Brett Weinstein telling people like that, know that anti-vaccine stuff is bad and that you should get vaccines. It's just really crazy. I, I, I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, I think, I think audience capture is a really big uh, thing with regards to that. Definitely. Like if you say, uh, whatever certain things about restrictions which you know there may be merits there may not be but then like eventually you attract an audience who is against vaccines as well so if you want to maintain it you've got to keep uh you've got to play to that audience if you want the donations right that's true for any show what lives on donations yeah i guess that's i guess that's part of it and maybe like you know, maybe the reason that, um, maybe the reason that, for example, Sam Harris didn't go that way is because I don't know if you know, that guy's mom was like a producer or director of the golden girls. And that guy would have never had to work a day in his life if he didn't want to. And so like, he didn't need the money in any way, shape or form. There was like the amount of the, <clears throat> there was like no upside for him going that way. And I think, um, at first Eric Weinstein wasn't questioning the vaccine because i mean he works for a venture capital firm i think the dude's worth 50 million dollars or something like that 
And so there was no incentive for him, but he's such an egomaniac that he eventually had to do it because he saw Brett getting popular and he was like, well, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. I am the actual expert here. One, an, one thing yeah, I, I wanted I to, I, one thing, right. one thing I wanted to uh, ask you about and see, see what you think about this. Cause I bounce this off a lot of people is in, in these conspiracy communities and, and insofar as sometimes they operate like cults they operate like a distributed cult and what what i see happening is someone will get propagandized right let's just say their name is cheryl cheryl gets propagandized and now cheryl is spreading you know posting a bunch of stuff now cheryl gets five six seven thousand followers now cheryl's the one doing the propagandizing and it's like this cycle where where now you're not the consumer of the content you're now the creator even if you're just repurposing other people's content. And I, I guess there's not really a question there. I just wanted to know, like kind of if you've noticed that dynamic and if you have any, any thoughts about it. Oh yeah. I mean, there's people who, you know, aren't like anyone really in this community. You've just blown up and got millions of followers. <laughs> just, you know, they'll tweet one thing it goes viral, they get the dopamine hit, they just keep going further and further in that direction and getting more extreme and then all of a sudden they're famous for being famous well, famous for Twitter nonsense uh, influencer yeah, it's uh, not who's got like hundreds of thousands yeah, it's, 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 it's almost like a it's almost like a I don't know, like the way BitTorrent works versus like the way you would just download something somewhere else. There's all these nodes where it's like more distributed because of social media. And it's, you know, it's still got, you know, elements of like cults and control groups where there's like people have like in language and out language, people make up words, they go after their critics. Like, but it's, it's, there's just these, all these, you know, everything from, you know, a telegram group with 800 people run by somebody all the way up to like, you know, somebody huge like Del Bigtree. And it's just, it's, it's more difficult to kind of, kind of combat it when it's, when it, the lines get blurred between like the victims of propaganda and the perpetrators of propaganda. And you, it's hard to know for me, it's like hard to know, am I punching down at this particular content creator? You know, have they actually been hoodwinked and through no fault of their own, they're spreading this information. And, um, yeah, it's 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 weird because you know I do so many hours of content a week that I can't just focus on Dell Big Tree. You know, I have to be always like looking for new people that are you know creating their own little content farms, and I just you know it's just I guess it's good that people are out there doing that, but it also like it just gets so confusing, and there's just so many people like doing this now. I don't know. Are you on Telegram at all? Oh no, I stay away from that. I value my sanity too much. My Telegram feed is terrifying. And it's all these people nobody have ever like heard a of. Lot of neo Nazi. Yeah. I don't really I <clears throat> I'm trying I try not to cover too much of that stuff. That's very troubling. Oh right, yeah, because But there's all these people that you've never heard of. Right? There's a and and they have, you know, a hundred thousand people in their telegram and sure there's you know billions of people on the planet and it's a, you know, a drop in the bucket, but they have a hundred thousand people in their telegram and nobody, 
nobody's ever heard of him outside of their telegram group and it's like how do you how, what do you how do you fight that it's not it's not like info wars where everybody knows what it is and you just sue them out of existence it's a it's a whole whole different scenario with just all these like min, basically mini, miniature cults of personality around conspiracism everything from like elvis is still alive and his name is bob to uh <laughs> Bob Joyce, I'm not kidding. And the dude that runs the Telegram group is the guy who he claims to be Elvis. I'm not kidding. And oh, it, right. Well, and it seems yeah. like, and it seems like the people in there believe it. And like, it's it's so much harder to deal with with these kinds of movements if they're like diffuse, distributed, and I, I just don't know, you know, what what we can do going forward because I feel like the the trend is towards more smaller communities as the, like, as you were saying, as the money starts to dry up, we're going to be dealing with more smaller communities with less eyes on them. The people are going to be like the, the incentive to up the ante is going to be greater and greater. We're going to start, uh, you know, all, we're going to start to see things that nobody even had eyes on that are going to start to be a problem. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, Especially there is maybe a fear, maybe not, of uh, potential terrorism coming from here as well. Um, if it's going to be really, really small, really, really radicalized uh, movements. Well, I mean, we, we saw that we saw. Um, I mean, I, this is playing out kind of the same way that the men's rights movement played out. And um, there was terrorism that came out of the men's rights movement i don't know if you know about the guy elliot roger who oh yeah yeah i know that one there's been one or two of them in britain as well yeah and i i, I feel like i feel like this i feel like some of this stuff is kind of on that trajectory where you know uh, youtube got rid of a bunch of that stuff like the most misogynistic the most terrifying stuff from the men's rights movement and then the communities got smaller and smaller and smaller and more radicalized. Then you had that was that guy in Canada who drove who drove a van through a group of people too. Um, he was like a, like an incel or whatever. And I I fear that some of this stuff maybe not necessarily anti vaccine, but the people are going to come out of this renewed anti vaccine movement looking for a place to go as some of this kind of starts to fall apart. Maybe you know maybe people in Maybe Pierre Corey takes the money and runs, right? He's like, well, I've made a bunch of money. I'm out of here, you know, because I mean, that's, you know, it's not unreasonable to think that somebody like him might do that. Just take the money and disappear. And so then those people would be kind of left homeless in a way in, in the conspiracy community. And then they're going to join these smaller, more radicalized communities. And I'm just worried that we're going to see, like you were saying, like terrorism coming out of, out of some of this stuff, you know, conspiracy movements haven't not done terrorism like think about QAnon and like with like january 6th was largely fueled by Q, the QAnon conspiracy theory yeah i mean there are in the anti-vax stuff specifically you have the like nuremberg 2 we're gonna execute people who yep. supported vaccination i've sort of like i'm a bit curious about what my fate is at that you know if my, my book's only got 150 sales over the course of, well, both versions over the course of a year, so does that mean I'm, you know, in jail for a few years, hung, you know, 
I'm sort of looking out for myself here. I don't, that's a bit of gallows humor there. Yeah, I'm thinking. But, in, um, in, oh man, I'm 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 so fucked in the Nuremberg 2.0. I mean, I've been actively I've been actively trying to piss these people off. So if they if they if they do this, it's the gallows for me. It's the, I've been a, I've been a provocateur. Yeah, to be fair, I have as well. I uh, go into their reply sections and mess with them. <laughs> well. We're at about an hour here, and that's that's good because that's how much uh, time that I'm trying that we're going to fill on the live show. So, thanks for talking to me. This has been super fun. You're you're you seem like a super nice guy, and you're you're funny, and you're you know these these matters are serious, but you're able to have a bit of, of a laugh at how how stupid a lot of it is. And I feel like that's the only way to stay sane doing this. Um, where <laughs> if, if yeah. people if people want to get your book, where do you want them to get it? Is it only available on Amazon, or are there um, other places to get it? Maybe where you get a better split. So it's only available on Amazon. That's the only place I have it. Okay. And we can, you know, I'll, I'll make sure there's a link to it in the show notes. And uh, what's your Twitter handle? So at Ivor with a capital I, Mectin, capital M, one. Very cool. This has been well, super that's cool. what the letter one. No, the number the, one, the, not the really letter one. <laughs> letter one. <laughs> yeah, this... I'm not going to lift that one down, am I? I'm... I'll uh, I'll make sure to I'll make sure that when I put the podcast out of, of this that after it cuts off it just keeps saying the letter one 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 <laughs> maybe I'll put a fat beat behind it or something. Uh, thanks for joining me. This has been super fun. I enjoyed talking to you, and maybe we can do this again sometime yeah. when you put out the third <laughs> third revision of your book. <laughs> oh God, I don't think there's going to be one. <laughs> I'm a, a, I think my next project is going to be uh, making a puzzle game if I can get the programmers for it. <laughs> Very nice. Keep us up to date on that. All right. Thanks again. Will do. All right. Thanks. If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com support.